we, we want to start to uh, uh, where you can write. Praise God. Okay. Uh, so that we write. Well, we have been talking about uh, the leading of the Spirit by the inward witness. And today I want to round it up, hallelujah, and uh, bring up a few things that uh, uh, I believe that the Lord wants me to share with us tonight. Okay? Now, please, I want us to notice, I mean, to take note and listen attentively to some of the things I want to say to us. They are not entirely new things, but they are things that we have to take note of in our, that will be very helpful with our walk, in our walk with God. Okay? Praise the Lord. Irrespective of our age, irrespective of our status, okay, whether economic status or not, I mean, whichever our economic status is, there is a common denominator. We are the children of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, 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 let's pray. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We receive it with weakness. We are enlightened once again tonight by the Spirit of God as it teaches us your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's uh, begin from our text scriptures. That's in Colossians chapter, Colossians chapter, no, not Colossians, Romans chapter 8. Romans and chapter 8. Praise God. Romans 8. Verse uh, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let me read the Amplified Version. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, so, all who are led. So when the Bible says as many as are led, it's talking about all those who have been led. Now, that uh, and I've explained to us that the leading there, praise God, is leading from something into something. Okay? So we are led by the Spirit of God into salvation, into the gospel. Were led by the Spirit of God to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the the leading of the Spirit of God, right, has been right from your birth, spiritual. Okay. So verse 16 says, the Spirit Himself. Now, we are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit of God? Or rather, what is the implication of being led by the Spirit of God? Is the Spirit of God on the inside of us? Ezekiel chapter 36 that we read, uh, 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 let's go to it. Ezekiel chapter 36. The Bible also tells us that uh, God gave a word, verse 36. He 
said that he was going to give us a new spirit. Okay, he said he will put his spirit in us. He will put the, his spirit in the believer. Let's see verse 27. Okay. Okay, he said, I will take you from among the heathen, verse 24, and gather you out of the countries, and I will bring you into your own land, verse 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. You would, so you, you, you will keep my judgment and you will do them okay so he will put his spirit in us he's putting the spirit in us is the is, is the same thing as being led by the spirit of God okay Being led by the Spirit of God is the same thing, let me say it again, as you being, or you having the Spirit of God inside of you. How do I, why do I say so? It's because, it's because both of them results in the same thing. It results in your sonship. I will put a new spirit in them. You become a son of God. You are led by the spirit of God. You are the son of God. And he said he will cause us to walk in his statutes. The spirit of God inside of us, right, will cause us to walk in his statutes. So you can, the, the spirit of God is there to help you to walk in the statutes of God. Okay, to do his judgments, to do his will. Hallelujah. Now, I said a few things. I said I'm going to just uh, point uh, a, a point out a few things. It was the first thing I want to point out was this. Though we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, right? And the weakness of the spirit on the inside of us. The weakness of the spirit, writer, is subject to the word of God. I want to emphasize that today. One of the challenges that believers have about the inward witness in recognizing and interpreting the inward witness. It's because where we have that problem is because we are not so conversant with the word of God. I still, in talking with believers, <laughs> even brethren in Kingsville Church, okay, which is my constituency, my immediate constituents, you still see folks who are not sure about where what is in the world. Now, 
where you do not know what is where in the world, how can you and I fulfill it? Hallelujah. The inward witness becomes sharper the more you and I are acquainted with this word. Knowing it for yourself. Did you get that? That's why I just, you just find out that I seem to just hammer a lot on you getting acquainted with the word. Give me chapter and verse. Listen, the living of God is in two parts. God can lead you, God leads us primarily right through his word. If we do not obey the word that is clearly written, I tell you, you can't, you will most likely not obey the inward words. Amen. Let me say it again. I'm going to be very slow tonight because this is the last, this is the last uh, 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 session on, on this series. Let's say, for example, the Bible says, friendship with the world is enmity against God. That's very clear. So that tells us the kind of friendship we should keep. It says, friendship with the world is enmity against God. Let's look at it. John is saying, Pastor, where is that? So let me just show you. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. In First John chapter two, he tells us not to love, love, the, love not the world, neither the things that are uh, in the world. Okay, let's look at it. First John chapter two, verse fifteen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. It says, "Love not the world." neither the things of the world love not the world don't love the world amen oh someone says my voice is low is my voice low please confirm if you can hear me well please confirm if you can hear me well okay i'll raise my voice okay praise the lord First John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Did you see that? Then James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 4. James 4, verse 4. It says, you adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? 
whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So that defines for us, thank you, ma'am. That defines for us uh, the circumference of our friendships. Amen. Now, if a believer constantly goes beyond this boundary and does not keep this word, hallelujah, about the company he keeps, about those who speak into his life, because your friends are speaking to your life. Your friends, nobody is an island on his own. We are all products of influence. Hallelujah. So now, if you do not obey this word, this instruction from God's word, amen, you will find it difficult to recognize the inward witness. Are you listening to me? Let me give you another example. <laughs> you know, for uh, 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 for example, maybe someone, a Christian, who sees uh, maybe a single, who sees an unbeliever, you know, and the unbeliever is nice, you know. He says, I, I want to marry him. He's a good guy. He's a very good guy. You know, only that you know, he's not a Christian, he's not born again, but he's really good though. He's a very good guy. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you disobey that in the world, when the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's an express word from God. If we do not obey that, we will find it difficult to walk, to be able to decipher, to recognize and interpret well the inward witness, even though we have it as new creations. Remember, First John chapter 5, verse 10, okay? He that believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Now, I'm talking practical now. Hallelujah. So the primary place, you know, Ephesians. Let me show you, give you another example for you know Ephesians. We see instructions in God's word. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. About Christian living, living with one another. It says be kind one to another, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Now, that's a very clear instruction as regards how we are to relate with one another as brethren. Be kind one to another, forbearing with one another, forgiving one another. He tells us that we should not allow evil speaking. We should not, in, that's in verse 31, we should not allow bitterness. We should not allow wrath or anger. We should not, we said we should put those things away from us. Hallelujah. 
Now, these are clear instructions. Someone says, ah, but I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ has done everything for me. You know, and uh, I am blessed. Whether, you know, the, it is not about my performance. The blessing of God is not about my performance. Yes, the blessing of God is not about your performance. Let me explain that in context. The blessing of God was given to you as a, as a, 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 as a manifestation of the grace of God. Hallelujah. However, walking in the manifestation of the blessing, there are things that can hinder it. Especially in our relationship with men. God values our relationships with men. Amen. Look at the example in uh, uh, what do you call it in the New Old Testament. Remember uh, Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15 when Saul was given an instruction you know, to go smite Amalek according to Samuel and uh, she make sure that she wipes out the whole city. And then uh, he went and uh, he took everything. I mean, he, he did all that except for two things. Number one, he spared the, the king. Number two, he took uh, the best of the animals you know, as spoils. And when Samuel came and heard the, the, the noise of animals, he was like, where did these things come from? Said, oh, this one is spoils. You know, my soldiers, my soldiers said that, you know, ah, let's even carry some of these things. <laughs> and you know what? Because he did not follow that instruction, the Bible says that the Saul became rejected by God. That's, that's, that's heavy. So Saul was rejected by God. Who chose him in the first place? It was God that chose him. Hallelujah. And why is this? It was because God saw his heart. That he was more of a man pleaser than a God pleaser. So if you are a man pleaser, you cannot enjoy the benefits of the inwardness. Because you are, you are prone to, to following the voice of men, the, 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 what men like. Hallelujah. You know, Paul said we should not be men pleasers. Yeah, he says we should not speak evil. He said we should let evil speak in. Because these things, they affect our heart. They are, they are, they are, uh, they are mirrors of, the, how, of how renewed our soul is. Our spirit man is perfect in Christ Jesus, but our soul needs to be renewed. Our minds need to be renewed. Amen. And so the word of God is the place, is where, is where the, the, uh, the mind is what we need to use to, 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 to renew the mind. 
Because how do I start? Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. The Bible talks about the, 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 the word of God. He said it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The thoughts and attitudes. So it means that the, our thoughts and our attitudes are very important to God. And the Bible says that the word of God is what that judges it. The word divided there, I mean, is the word distinguish. It's not like as in it separates in that sense. Okay? Like, okay, I want to divide an orange into two. Right? And then you use your knife to cut it and then so no, the soul and the spirit, right? They they are usually together. You cannot have a soul without a spirit. The spirit cannot function on earth without a soul. Hallelujah, praise God. But so, but you know, your spirit man has eternal life. Your soul does not have eternal life. <laughs> so. There is a challenge many times uh, in distinguishing. Praise God. Now, the Bible says that what judges, what helps us to distinguish, right, between the soul and the spirit is the word of God. Hallelujah. Like the example I gave, you, you, you feel like you know, giving it to that your sister. I mean, you need you feel like, I mean, because of what she has done, you need you need to wash her down. You need to you need to tell her your mind. Okay, <laughs> and you feel justified because I mean, this person actually wronged you. No, I need to give her the piece a piece of my mind, and you know that by the time you open your mouth to give him or her your the piece of your mouth. Uh, I mean, you are going to spew all kinds of, <laughs> you know, unprintable things out of anger. Now, the word of God should be the judge there. Because the Bible says the word of God judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So what you now have to defer to God's word. The word of God says... Number one, I should not let evil speaking come out of me. The word of God says, love covers a multitude of sins. The word of God says, the love of God is not easily provoked. The word of God, you know, you begin, by the time you have so much of that word on the inside of you, right? It will judge what you are to say. Now, where we go against it, water will be happening to our hearts is that our hearts will start getting dull. Okay? Our heart will start getting dull. And where your heart 
start to get dull, you know, that means that it will not be sharp. That means when it will not be sharp to, to recognize and interpret information or the inward witness. Remember, I told you that what the definition of, of inward witness is, is the re reaction of our heart to the information exposed to it. Amen. That's why the more you grow spiritually, as a believer, amen, the, the, the sharper it will be for you to, to pick the inward witness. Because spiritual growth has to do with you fulfilling, I mean, doing God's word. The more we, our mind is renewed to do God's word, right, the more we are growing spiritually, the sharper our mind, I mean, our heart will be to be able to pick the inward witness. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, before you start to think, talk about inward witness, or before you start to seek the face of God, right, on what to do concerning a matter or in a situation, the first place to consult is God's word. You see that? The first place to consult is what? It's God's word. What does the word say about this? And when you see what the word has said, what do we do? We do it. When we do God's word, it's our spirit. It is us acting from our spirit. The spirit, our, the spirit of God in us will never negate the word of God. Hallelujah. So start to train yourself back to what we've been sharing on Sundays to do the word. Just do the word. See, listen, your feelings will align with the word of God eventually. Don't follow your feelings. Don't let your feelings override the word of God. Someone said, well, grace covers me. No. <laughs> that you are you are inadvertently shut dulling, dulling your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let me show you something. Something else. Luke chapter 24. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. I hope I'm saying something here tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 24. Let's read that uh, incident uh, where Jesus met those guys on the road to Emmaus. Verse 27. Luke 24, verse 27. Okay. Jesus. Bible says, and Jesus began to, began to teach them. He said, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets... He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew near unto the village where they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is was towards evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat down at meat, he took his bread and blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. 
and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and they vanished out of their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? Amen. The Bible says that their hearts, look at their, uh, 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 their, their observation. It said, Our hearts burned within us when we fellowshiped with the scriptures. Did you see that? Their hearts burned within, within them when they fellowshiped with the scriptures. Because of what they were doing, Jesus spoke to them the scriptures. When did their heart burn within them? It was not when he broke bread. No. It was when he shared with them the scriptures. Hallelujah. There was a reaction on the inside of them. When he shared with them the scriptures. So which, what am I saying? The more you interact with the scriptures, amen, hallelujah, the more you'll be able to, you, you, the more there'll be a reaction on the inside of you. And then you can also, you can, you can, you, you, when you begin to take note of those reactions, when he starts to lead you in other areas of your life, you will understand what that reaction is. What that inward sensation is. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope you got that. Now, let me jump to something else. Amen. So I've told, I've shared with us about the place of the word and the inward witness. Obey God's word. Live according to God's word. That's why you say we can't afford to just live our lives anyhow. You say, well, I'm not under grace. No, you are not under grace. You're under foolishness. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So now, let's look at let's look at something else. I want to talk about the place of confirmation and the inward witness. Yeah. Place of confirmation and the inward witness. Remember, the inward witness is a it's not a voice. Hallelujah. The inward witness is not a voice. It's a reaction. Okay? And some people can say, well, it's a voice. I hear a voice and things like that. Let's see some examples in the scriptures. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Glory to God. Acts chapter 19. Yeah, almost there. Acts chapter 19. Verse uh, Acts 19. Verse. No, 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 no. That should be Acts chapter. Not verse eight. Not verse eight. I think I missed something there. Acts chapter twenty-one. 
Yeah. Act chapter 21. Not 19. Act 21. Yeah. Um, verse 10. Let me read from verse 8. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus says the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the apostles. Sorry, to the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they that of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we see, saying, The will of the Lord be done. Go to, run to verse 4. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul, through the Spirit, that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Did you see that? <laughs> this is worthy of study. In chapter 4, in verse 4, the Bible says that he found certain disciples. Okay? When he got to Cyprus. Okay? He said, these disciples, he said, they told Paul, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go to Jerusalem. <laughs> right? He said, he should not go to Jerusalem. Isn't that interesting? They said to him through the Spirit. And then, they now got to Philip's house. And Agabus the prophet came. And prophesied by the Spirit. He said, Thus said the Holy Ghost. And the Bible never told us that he was wrong. Amen. He said, So shall the Jews do to this man in Jerusalem. Right? They will bind this man that owes this devil. And that was Paul's devil. So, those who were around him, remember they was they were at uh, uh, Cyprus, where some disciples spoke by the Spirit. The Bible said they spoke by the Spirit. They said to Paul by the Spirit, "Don't go to Jerusalem." Hallelujah! They were disciples. They were not prophets, so they were fellow believers, right? Who had it was not that they said the Holy Spirit told them that I should not go. No. There are two different things. These guys, they picked something about Paul and Jerusalem in the Spirit. So their interpretation was that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. They 
picked in the spirit. Oh, but we have people who can pick things in the spirit around us. Amen. That's why we must we must have our own company. You can't uh, you can't be a lone ranger. They picked it in the spirit about Paul going to be in danger in Jerusalem. Okay, then look at what he said in uh, chapter. Uh, yeah, let, 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 let me let me stay with this. Then Agabus now said, "Hey, they are going to bind you." Now all those around him must have said, "Ah, yes, that confirms <laughs> that confirms what." Those guys are in Cyprus said, it must be of God. And they just concluded that two things made them to go. One, this must be of God. God is telling you, don't go to Jerusalem. And number two, they had an emotional attachment to Paul. Paul was their leader. They wouldn't want to lose Paul. Hallelujah. So that's why, listen, listen carefully. We, in interpreting the inward witness, we must ask ourselves a question. What is the motive behind this my interpretation? That's why the Bible says, he that believeth does not want, does not make haste. We don't make haste in making decisions. What is the motive behind this? Is it the flesh or is it the spirit? Hallelujah. Why do I think this is what the Spirit of God is saying? Is it, could it be that I am just trying to to fulfill what I really, really want to do. <laughs> you know, there are some people who say, oh, I have, I think I think the Lord wants me to jack back. You know, and the Lord wants me to travel. You know. They say, okay, why don't you go and pray about it? Hey, I have prayed and prayed and prayed, really. Hallelujah. But if we can be sincere, Sometimes, you know, you know, if, if you are not honest with yourself, you will hear what you want to hear. See, I, I, I just, I'm just at peace. <laughs> you put all the various scriptures. It is actually what you actually wanted to do. You are just using that to try to, you know, knowing that when you hear, when pastor says, I was at peace. God told me, Pastor cannot say anything again. Hallelujah. Have we found ourselves in situations where we wanted to get some things done? And we knew in our heart this thing was not. Well, I, I prayed about it. Listen, if we are foolhardy, praise God, we will, the voice of the Spirit will not be loud to us again. Don't be. Praise God. He will just leave us to our devices. Praise God. So these guys, they allowed their emotions to come in the way. They misinterpreted the 
the nudges and the sensations they were having in their hearts. Look at what Paul said. They told him, don't go. This is a proof. I mean, come on. Prophet Agabus gave. We all know this is a Bible prophet. A New Testament prophet. And he said this is what's going to happen. But take note. He did not say that he should not go. He just said what will happen to him. Hallelujah. He just said what will happen to him. And look at it. Paul now said in verse 4, 13, what do you mean to weep and to break my heart? Did you see that? So it means that those guys were weeping. They had allowed their emotions, right, to do what? To, 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 to interpret wrongly what the Spirit was saying. Glory to God. Glory to God. So that means we have to be careful in, in so-called confirmations. Remember Samuel? <laughs> yeah, mind me of that story of Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, look at, look at. Samuel was a prophet of God who knew, I mean, he, 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 he knew the voice of God. He was trained to know the voice of God. Remember when he was still very young and the Lord spoke to him. You know, three times. And Eli, Eli now taught him. So he had been acquainted with God. And God told him, go to Jesse's house. Go and anoint me. Someone that I have chosen. There's a vessel I've chosen there. And look at what's happened to, to Samuel. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I I really hope I'll be able to teach this, finish this today. I really want to finish this today. But let's see how it goes. First Samuel, chapter 16. I want us to read it. Samuel chapter 16. Praise God. And Samuel, let's read uh, verse 6. We know the story. Okay. And it came to pass. That was, well, let's read from verse 5. And he said, Please say, I have come to sacrifice of the door. Sacrifice yourselves. Come with me to the sacrifice. And they sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Okay, so he had told Jesse to bring his sons. Okay, so Jesse brought his sons. Verse 6, and it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab. He looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. <laughs> The Bible says he looked on Elia and he said, surely, see Samuel, that God was one that spoke to him and said, go to Jesse's house. So he recognized God's voice at the first. And when he came here, look at the certainty with which he spoke. He said, surely, the Lord's anointed is before him. <laughs> Hallelujah. He, why? He had allowed his soul, his mind, his mental calculations and judgments to get the better part of him. He loved Buster. I don't know what he saw in him. Maybe he saw him that he was, you know, he was looking, you know, was looking big. He was looking like someone, you know, that's 
that fits the build of a king. <laughs> Look at, like, you know, remember Saul? Saul was the tallest, you know, anywhere Saul was, Israel, he was the tallest. So he was, he had a, a kingly, kingly carriage about him. Maybe Eliab was like that. Look at and look at what the Bible says. And some, uh, 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 but the Lord said unto Samuel, verse 7, look not on his countenance. So which means that in interpreting the inward, let's bring it to the New Testament, in interpreting the inward witness, let's not just look at countenances. We don't use what we see to judge it. What we see should not be confirmations for us. Should not be our primary source of confirmation. Remember Gideon, who set fleeces. That means you are looking at God says, well, you know, I, I sense there's a brother I should marry in this church, you know, and then you start to say, okay, if that brother, brother I'm going to pray, if that brother wears white shirts and black trousers and he wears a brown shoe and he puts a purple tie and he comes and greets me or sits beside me, maybe you saw, you say you saw a vision, you know, surely that would be the person. Amen. What are you doing? Hallelujah. You are interpreting by what you see. You are like someone. Hallelujah. You have not checked whether that person is a believer. Number one. Number two. You have not checked whether the person is obedient to church authorities. Which are things that the word of God has said you check. You have not checked whether that person is a friend of the world. And those around him are worldly people, unbelievers, or Christians who, who will not who, 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 who are disobedient, who are not subject to the word of God, even though they come to church. Christians who say, well, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you know, Jesus Christ has, has done everything. There's nothing for me to do. And they don't obey God. Hallelujah. People who are, who you don't know whether that brother, you know, it is only once in a week. He opens his Bible. He is he, not studious. He opens his Bible. But that's on Sunday. Do you understand me? Praise the Lord. And you ignore those things, and it, you just you just make your decisions based on a war, a black tie, a rubber tie, a white shirt, black trousers, and, and brown shoes, and sat beside you or greeted you. Amen. Hallelujah. Or if they call me for that contract, then I would know it is God. Ah 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 ah. But in your heart, it's just this. They call me. Praise God. Hallelujah. This must be God. After I was not the one that <laughs> praise the Lord. So 
we can't afford. Samuel, judged by, he allowed his emotions, he allowed the things that he saw to be clouded. And God said, no. I have not looked, don't look at his counter. He said, man looks at the outward, but God looks on at the heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, now, let me, let me also say this. I'm talking about the inward witness and confirmation. I trust this is blessing somebody. First Corinthians chapter 14. Praise God. The Bible tells us about judging things. That prophecies can even be judged. If prophecies can be judged, right, for confirmation. Praise God. Inward witness to which you also. Don't just... Ex, you know, except in emergency cases, but you know how many emergency cases do we even have in the first place? Our, our, if you all, all of your day, every day of your life is always emergency, man, then maybe you are not working right. Hallelujah. In making decisions in our lives. Praise the Lord. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. 1 Corinthians, an instruction, you know, uh, verse 29. He says, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. So, which means that uh, prophecies should be subject to judgment. If prophecies can be subject to judgment, the inward witness to conscious should be subject to judgment for confirmation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Let me say this last. Where you have a weakness and you don't understand it, you will do yourself good to spend more time praying. You know, it's like someone, let me give you an example, like someone who has a TV in his house, right? And uh, he's trying to get signals. And then he walks on it, walks on it. I mean, he's not getting the signal, he's not getting the signal. Praise God. So let me ask you a question. Is it that the signal is not there? No. The signal is in the air. Only that the, the, the person ha has just not gotten the signal. So what is he going to do? If his neighbor, his next door neighbor, is getting the signal, praise God. We leave just conclude and said, "Oh, the signal is not in my house. I don't have. I will not." Have, and so, the, no, your next door neighbor has it. So the signal is in the air. All you need to do is start looking. You keep looking for where to place your antenna for you to be able to get this signal. Amen. That is how prayer is for us. You don't stop praying. Prayer helps you to be able to understand the signal better. So that light will come into your heart. I know, yes, this is what this witness means. Until you get it clear, please don't take a step. Amen. Did you hear what I said? If you need to spend a day, two, three, four, one month to pray 
and to fast. Hallelujah. Until you get it clearly, don't take a step. Brother Hege used to say this. He said that it's rather, it's better for you to be slow, to be too slow and obey God than for you to be too fast and disobey Him. It's rather but it's better for you to be too slow and be behind God than for you to be too fast and be ahead of him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So, the place of prayer is very important. The place of prayer. When the disciples, I mean, when Paul Acts chapter 16, when they were asked, they wanted to go somewhere, you know, to go preach the gospel. Perhaps the Spirit of God forbid them, right, not to go. Then he said they wanted to go elsewhere. Yeah, he suffered them not to go, right? And then uh, there was a vision. What do you think was happening there? They were checking their hearts. Paul must have been praying, giving themselves a prayer. How do I know? Acts chapter 13. Now, what they did, five prophets and teachers, starting with Barnabas and ending with Paul, Saul. Barnabas, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, said, separate. Then the Lord said to him, to them, separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul. Praise the Lord for the work well done. So, obviously, part of their fasting, they must have been fasting for direction. If you need to fast for direction, please do. I said, well, I never, I don't. But the reason why you need to fight you need to, is to, because so that your your emotions and your soul will not get in the way of the clarity of the of, of the direction. Praise the Lord, so that when you say this is what God said I should do, Amen, and you go in that direction, even when you meet obstacles and challenges, you you'll be so sure in your heart that that this it was God that led me here, and because God led me here, I will prevail. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So, don't joke with your prayer life. When it comes up to leading and direction and interpreting the inwardness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Thank you for this word. We receive it. Lord, may we be established in this truth and in all righteousness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please, if you have any question regarding this teaching, you can uh, 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 you can you can send me a message via uh, via WhatsApp. Okay, so uh, as a member of the church, you have access to to me through the WhatsApp. You can just.